If you look at the home screen of the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app, there are images, two images on the screen, uh, the uh, images of the two participants in our 2016 election forum, which is set to begin. Uh, you know, originally we had a uh, we had a notion and we were working toward actually doing these election forums in, uh, in different synagogues around the area, and uh, uh, once the topic of the... Uh, of the campaign went a certain way. We, and uh, because of the um, the heated uh, 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 the heated points of view that were going on uh, within the community, we decided to uh, to rein things in, so to speak, and utilize our very own radio broadcast for an election forum. An election forum that I hope uh, accomplishes one thing, and that is um, encourages more and more people to vote. And we're going to go uh, to opening statements in a moment uh, from our two participants. Obviously, we'll have closing statements from our two participants later on this hour. And I would hope, and I've asked them, uh, to include at least a few seconds uh, of an indication to our community and to this audience how important it is to actually go and vote. Because one of the things we know about, clearly, uh, is uh, how many people in our community, and I'm sure other Americans as well, um, have this desire to literally stay away from the polls this coming Tuesday. So we're trying to encourage people to vote, explain why it's important to do so in our community, and to be as educated as possible. There are two major candidates out there um, who, to many people, mean different things uh, on so many varieties of issues, and there are a lot of issues that are dear and important to our community. So we have a chance to explore them with our guests this morning. Uh, I'll introduce the guests, then we'll go to opening statements. Uh, the Democratic side has won the uh, flip of the coin in terms of uh, um, stating their opening statement first here on these airwaves, and uh, then we'll do the opening question, which will go to the Republican side. And each what we're, what we're expecting is one to two minute answers from our participants uh, in a in a very uh, civil and friendly tone. We're talking about two people who are really friendly with each other, uh, and that's the way we want to keep it, of course. And uh, in addition to that, uh, in addition to it being uh, civil and within reason, time wise, um, we. Uh, um, we will we will um, begin our questioning with the uh, Republican side and then uh, and then move forward. Oh yeah, what I wanted to say was uh, ideally, um, uh, as I guess any of these discussions uh, and any moder- moderator who's doing these forums would would want, uh, we would love to have just one statement regarding each question from each candidate. I don't know if that's realistic. Uh, we'll see how things uh, play out and pan out, but let us. Begin First, New York City Councilman David Greenfield is with us. He spent his life in community service fighting for his Brooklyn constituents in New York's Jewish community most recently. And I'd be remiss not to mention this because it's been such an important thing for our community. Um, he passed and, uh, and um, uh, oversaw the first law in the country requiring a city to pay for security guards to protect yeshiva children. The law into, into effect this past September. Uh, just a few weeks ago, providing security guards for tens of thousands of yeshiva students. He's an advocate on behalf of the state of people in Israel, and uh, many of you may have seen his uh, most recent uh, viral video, uh, which certainly proved that. And I and and um, it's Councilman Greenfield actually, actually, it's Thursday. It's a big day for him because he actually has the has the um, I don't want to say nerve. But he has the gall, <laughs> yeah, we won't say never said to actually do his own radio show. Could you imagine? Seven o'clock Eastern time of every Thursday night at AM six twenty. And he does that each and every week. City Count New York City Councilman Greenfield, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's great to be back here on the Nuffham Siegel Network. I have to say I love the Nuffham Siegel Network app. It's really phenomenal. And you know, when people talk about the great transition, some people think we're talking about 
the Obama administration to whatever administration happens to be getting elected, but it's not true. We're actually talking about moving everyone from radio to the phenomenal Nachum Siegel Network app, and I'm very excited about that. And as the goal of my radio show, as you know, I had my start <laughs> in broadcast radio on your radio show. <laughs> that is... Everything I know on radio, I've learned from Nachum Siegel. So if people are upset about anything I say, please blame Nachum Siegel. He taught me literally how to speak on the radio. A very potent strategy on the part of City Councilman Greenfield. Jeff Balaban is with us. Jeff is CEO of B2 Strategic, a national government relations and communications firm. He chairs the Iron Dome Alliance, a pro-Israel super PAC, was instrumental in any uh, assistance that the U.S. has given Israel when it comes to Iron Dome, and is a former United States Senate Commerce Committee counsel, former senior vice president of CBS News, and he has been named one of the 50 most influential Jews in America. And as I like to joke with him, neither he nor I would ever care to admit just how long we know each other. Jeff Balaban, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. It is always a pleasure to be with you. Greatly appreciate I'm that. I'm very excited about uh, this morning's debate. Yes, it's going to be interesting. All right, we'll start with the opening statement. City Councilman Greenfield, whether it's obvious or not to our listeners, let me point out that you are openly supporting Hillary Clinton, uh, the Democratic nominee for um, uh, for president. Uh, Jeff Balaban is uh, supporting the Republican side and is uh, being outspoken at this point for Donald Trump as he is the uh, candidate on the Republican side. City Councilman Greenfield, your opportunity for an opening statement this morning. Go right ahead. Thank you so much. First of all, I want to thank you, Nachum Siegel. I want to thank uh, your listeners, because uh, I know how diligently they take their news and how much time and effort they spend in involvement in community affairs. You know, like many people out there, I've been working for the community for my entire adult life. For the last 15 years, I've worked to secure millions of dollars for yeshivas and parents. And as you mentioned, I passed a historic law in New York that provides security for yeshivas. And I've worked on local issues. I've renovated my parks and fixed my streets and made it easier to drive and park in New York City. And I'm saying all this because I have a pretty good sense of the gut of the Jewish community, especially the Orthodox community. I think it's important to say it at the outset, which is something that just about every Orthodox Jew knows, and that is that most Orthodox Jews vote Republican in presidential elections. In my neighborhood, for example, in 2004, Republicans got 70% of the vote for president. In 2008, they got 75%. And in 2012, in parts of my district, Republicans got 90% of the vote for president. And so the obvious question for those out there who are listening is, why is someone who understands the community so well going on the radio and staking his reputation to explain his support for Hillary Clinton? And the reason, honestly, is that I genuinely believe that Hillary Clinton is the better choice for president. I think that she'll make a very good president. But more importantly, I believe that Donald Trump would not be a good president for either America or the Jewish people. And I want to be clear, if you love Trump and you hate Clinton, I'm not really speaking to you today because I'm not going to change your mind. And vice versa, if you love Clinton and hate Trump, I don't have to convince you either. I'm really speaking to the small group of people who have concerns about Trump, but also have concerns about Clinton. And I'm going to explain why to that group I think Clinton is the far better choice 
for president. All right, and we will get to uh, some of those reasons when we start asking our questions. And now Jeff Balaban, who I mentioned everybody is uh, supporting the Republican side, and Donald Trump and his candidacy this coming Tuesday. Mr. Balaban, your opening statement, please. Thank you. Um, first of all, I have uh, tremendous respect for David, and he and I have been friends for many years. And I know there's a lot of mutual respect. And I also know that he's in a tough position, as he points out. Um, the community, especially the, you know, your, listener, your listenership in our community, by and large, when it comes to presidential elections, for many years now, has realized that the Republicans' positions are much more favorable to our interests. And that means both our domestic interests and our foreign interests. Uh, David does use his role to try to protect us within a more and more openly hostile political party. Democrats have turned against the Jews in very, very strong and, and powerful ways now. And it's not just in terms of their treatment of Israel, which is appalling, but it's also in terms of uh, danger to our own religious liberties, which we'll be discussing uh, during the course of this morning. Uh, these issues are life and death for us, uh, both physically and spiritually. And the choice has never been clearer than it is this year in the 2016 election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and between the Republicans and the Democrats. All right, Jeff Balaban with his opening statement, and Jeff does get the uh, first question. Uh, again, the format, pretty simple, uh, within reason, uh, a minute or two to uh, answer each question. And, of course, uh, the other person in our forum will have that same opportunity, and then we'll switch in terms of who gets the uh, next question asked to them. All right, the first one is, um, Mr. Balaban, many members of the Concerned About Israel community are wary of the Obama administration-led Iran deal. How do you think the respective candidates and parties will deal with it at this point? Well, as terrible as the idea of the Iran deal seemed at the time, and it did seem terrible, it's turned out to be far, far worse. Uh, almost every week brings new revelations uh, about how this administration, uh, and when I say this administration, it's not just Barack Obama, but it is Hillary Clinton herself, how they lied to the American public, how they lied to Congress, and put through what they call a deal that has no goal other than mainstreaming the mullahs of Iran and giving them nuclear weapons and hundreds of billions of dollars. Donald Trump has made very clear that he would use every tool at his disposal to mitigate the terrible damage done by Hillary Clinton and her colleagues. And Hillary Clinton isn't only for the terrible Iran deal, she's actually proud of it. And she should, because she, she takes credit for being an integral part of making it happen. Uh, the news leaked out, thanks to WikiLeaks and, and other information, and it's been reported that Hillary Clinton was the one who decided, and this was the breakthrough, uh, that rather than continuing to sanction Iran and try and stop them from getting nuclear weapons, we can get a deal if we agree to let them have nuclear weapons or let them go nuclear at the end of 10 years. So this is the existential threat that everyone in Israel agrees on, both we could and the opposition, and it belongs directly to Hillary Clinton. Most Americans and most Israelis see the Iran deal exactly for what it is. It's a multi-billion dollar Kickstarter campaign for Iranian nukes. And by the way, it's not just to attack Israel, which we know they want to do. They also, the Iranians, have been trying to get missiles that can reach the United States of America. This falls squarely in the lap of Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump has made clear he'll do everything he can to stop it. Okay. Uh, New York City Councilman Greenfield on the Iran deal. You know, my friend, the uh, late, great Ed Koch, used to say, if you agree with me eight out of ten times, vote for me. If you agree with me ten times out of ten, see a psychiatrist. There's really no getting around the fact that Hillary supported the Iran deal which, like many in the pro-Israel community, I strongly oppose. And I agree with a lot of the items that Jeff has said, and quite frankly, I wish that Hillary had, had not supported the deal. 
But the reality is this. What's done is done. The deal is now in place. Now we need to elect a president who will actually enforce the deal and stand up to Iran if they, and quite frankly, when they misbehave. Donald Trump is not that president. I'm not the only one who believes this, by the way. My political mentor, Senator Joe Lieberman, who literally led the bipartisan effort to stop the Iran deal, has endorsed Hillary Clinton as well. And you'll ask yourself why. The first thing that we need to know about Donald Trump is, just like everything else in his campaign, we have no idea where he actually stands on the deal. Every day he changes his mind. First he says he's going to rip up the deal, then he says maybe he won't, then he says he'll renegotiate the deal, then he says that he may enforce the deal and just see what he can do. What we do know, however, is that Donald Trump is a great admirer of Iran's best friend, Vladimir Putin. And in fact, back in April, around the same time that Putin was selling missiles to Iran to stop Israel's capability of taking out those potential nuclear weapons, Trump was on TV bragging about his friendship with Putin and what a great leader he is. So neither candidate in this election is perfect on Iran, but if you want a president who's going to hold Iran accountable, if you want someone who has a track record, in fact, who literally came up with the sanctions to begin with, who actually has a record of going after bad actors, and who's very clearly said that Putin and Iran are not our friends, that person is Hillary Clinton. Uh, City Councilman Greenfield, question number two. In your opinion, to what degree should voters consider the potential influence the next president will have in areas like the Supreme Court? I mean, Supreme Court appointments are very important choices that presidents make. We need to make sure that the next president will appoint justices who are well-qualified, who understand the Constitution, who will respect religious freedom and our right to live according to our values. Donald Trump is not that president. In the first place, it's not even clear that Trump even knows what a Supreme Court justice does. Donald Trump actually uh, said that the job of Supreme Court uh, justice is to sign bills, which everybody knows that's not the job of a Supreme Court justice. He ridiculed the judge who was originally appointed by a Republican governor because that judge ruled against him in a landmark case that deals with years of fraud and deception that Donald Trump allegedly stole money through one of his schemes called Trump University, which apparently was never a university, nor was it really imbued with Trump ideals. And you really have a situation where Donald Trump is consistently flip-flopping on issues, and many of the Republicans' most prominent leaders don't believe Donald Trump that he will appoint the right justices. In fact, he's even said that he might appoint his own sister, a liberal activist, to the Supreme Court, because she would make a phenomenal judge. You know, it's likely that Hillary Clinton will continue to appoint Merrick Garland, who's a moderate, respected by Republicans and Democrats alike. But to be perfectly fair, the Republicans have actually made it very clear that whoever Hillary Clinton appoints, they're going to do their very best to actually stop that nomination. So this entire conversation may be moot. Thank you, Councilman. Uh, On the topic of the Supreme Court, Mr. Jeff Balaban. Thanks, Nachum. Well, first of all, to give you just a drop of relevant background, when I worked on Capitol Hill, when I worked in the Senate, uh, I was responsible for judicial nominations in my senator's office. And so I have a long history and worked closely with the Bush White House over years in selecting judges and vetting judges and, uh, and bringing judges to the White House's attention and helping them get through the process. Um, it, <laughs> it's extraordinary to hear David say that Trump doesn't know what the Supreme Court does. Actually, in the recent debates, it became clear that Trump does very well know what the Supreme Court is supposed to do, which is uphold the Constitution. What Hillary says they're supposed to do, and she said this at the debate, was to come to policy, to, was to bring the kind of policies that's empathetic, that meaning the policies that she likes. 
I will tell you, Supreme Court nominations, and generally federal court nominations, is the single most important issue for the Jewish way of life in this country. We take for granted our religious freedoms. We think that we're always going to have them, but we are now on the brink of losing them. You know, you, you talked at the outset about how David had a law, which I applaud, to bring uh, money for, for security for yeshivas. That law will be gutted by Hillary Clinton's appointees. And it's not just that law. Right now, we're in, I'm part of groups of from lawyers and from uh, uh, policy experts who are having frantic meetings about what to do if Hillary becomes president because what's been, we've seen a tremendously alarming trend in recent years of judges ripping up religious rights. It's not just that Catholic uh, pharmacists have to provide abor uh, abortion medicines, uh, shuls being forced to hold gay weddings, rabbis being forced to perform them, bris, shechita, teaching Torah. We're heading the way of Europe if Hillary Clinton becomes president because her judicial nominees see all of these things as violative of their view of what's proper morality. And so, and, and under the Democrats, religious, religious uh, rights really no longer exist. They're granted us by the judges, not by the Constitution. Uh, David is really an extreme outlier in the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has become a party of intolerant extremists. I mean, you may or may not be aware that Kaparos this year was struck, were uh, not allowed in uh, Irvine County, California, by a judge for precisely these reasons. People who support chickens rights came and said, you know, this really isn't so important to their religion. And there are a lot of Jews who don't do this. And a judge said, yeah, that's right. They will not be allowed to do kaparos. Let me tell you something. It's not just kaparos. Bris, shechita, all of these things are right now in trouble if Hillary Clinton becomes president. All right, we move on. We have uh, two people with us uh, live via telephone, uh, both the uh, New York City Councilman David Greenfield uh, Jeff Balaban, uh, they are uh, representing the Democratic and Republican sides, uh, um, uh, respectively, in regard to this Tuesday's election. We are hoping this election forum will encourage people to get out and have their voices heard this Tuesday. Um, after all, uh, too many people, as far as I'm concerned, in our community, I would bet both of the of my guests would agree, have declared that they would prefer to sit this one out. Our next question uh, starts with uh, Jeff Balaban. Uh, it is no secret uh, that both nominees have either made personal statements, have engaged in personal behavior, or might have engaged in professional behavior, depending on who you're speaking about and the reports that we hear, that could be construed as offensive to our Jewish traditions and values. So we'll start with Jeff Balaban. What is your reaction to that? Well, uh, it's extraordinary. There's, you know, that we have this entire media throughout the election, the media corps, every time any allegation of something that Donald Trump may or may not have said uh, that is considered rude or offensive or not politically correct, it becomes, you know, the, the endless news cycle, front of, you know, top of the fold, uh, top of the hour, and, and Donald Trump is treated as though uh, a casual remark or locker room talk, which may, we may find unattractive and wouldn't be what we would say in our community, somehow is uh, a federal case. In the meantime, we're ignoring the reality of Hillary Clinton. And, and you know, this is, true, this is open for anyone who wants to go on the Internet and search it out there. These stories are known throughout Washington. They're known by me personally and directly from people who have experienced it. Hillary Clinton, <laughs> can, I mean, the words that come out of her mouth can't even be said on this radio show, not just in general in terms of her vulgarity. Nothing Donald Trump has ever been accused of comes close to the way she talks about Jews. I can't repeat what she says about Jews. You have to go online and see what she says. And I know people who've been victimized by this, people who've worked for her who are Jewish, who've won the brunt of it, who've heard the way she curses out Jews every moment of the day. I mean, she cannot go, uh, uh, literally in the words of 
friends of mine who work for her, she can't go an hour without calling somebody a bleeping Jew or a bleeping Jew bleep, whether they're Jewish or not. She uses the word Jew as a curse. She uses racial epithets. She, she makes fun of, of um, retarded children, she calls them. She calls, I can't even use the word she uses. Honestly, you've got to go online and look at this because we're somewhat limited because nothing Trump has ever been accused of remotely approaches the despicable way Hillary Clinton talks about people and deals with people. That's just in terms of her own personal behavior. What about the corruption? I mean, there's nothing that Trump has ever been accused of remotely that can touch the corruption of Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, which right now uh, is, is under investigation and which has enriched the Clinton family to the tune of 250 or $230 million. What does they provide besides access to government? What is she doing besides selling her public office? All right. Absolute disgrace. Having her in charge violates every possible concept of decent behavior that the Jewish community holds dear. The question, the question is about uh, personal and professional behavior. City Councilman Greenfield. Wow. You know, first of all, I have to tell you, I thought I heard it all, and I have a lot of respect uh, for Jeff Balaban, who, as you pointed out, Jeff pointed out as a longtime friend, but I think Jeff, Jeff just sort of walked right over the edge over there. That's just honestly the craziest thing that I've ever heard. You can't go on a national radio show, Jeff, and make public allocations that are unfounded against Secretary Clinton. There's not a single person who's made a public allegation that relates to anything that you've just said. I challenge you right now. I'll take a quick Dave, moment. Give me false. the name of that's one person that you know. One second, one second, one second. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff sub, uh, okay, we, th- this is, this is, gentlemen, gentlemen, Jeff, this is precisely, this is precisely what we did not want to have here in this forum. I am asking City Councilman Greenfield to please continue. Let him conclude his remarks. Go ahead, City Councilman Greenfield. Jeff, at the conclusion of my remarks, I challenge you to name one person of these supposed people that you spoke to that says that she's made anti-Semitic remarks. It's not true, and it's typical, very typical of the conspiracy theorists to keep citing people that don't exist and haven't said anything publicly. And the reason people haven't said things publicly, and many people have said things publicly about Hillary Clinton, no one's ever accused her of being anti-Semitic, and no one's ever accused her of saying things that are offensive to Jews in her private life. And the reason is because it's never happened. But you know what we know that has actually happened? You know what actually has happened in public is when Donald Trump didn't engage in locker room talk, okay? I've, I've been to a locker, and I know what people talk about in the locker. What he did was he bragged on TV that he assaults women. I want you to think about this. This is a guy who brags on TV that he assaults strange women. Now, unlike your anonymous attacks, there are no less than 12 real live women who have come forward, not one, not two, not three, 12 from different walks of life, who don't even know each other, who never even met each other, who have said that he has assaulted them over the course of his lifetime. You want to talk about integrity? I would love to talk about integrity. Because the reality is that there are literally hundreds of lawsuits, hundreds of actual documented lawsuits, not conspiracy theories, of people who have said that Donald Trump has actually ripped them off. I want to give you the perfect example, and I want you to think about this. Donald Trump is a multi-billionaire, and he's ripping off really small people. There's a group called USA Freedom Kids. Check out their clip on YouTube. Six and a half million people watch these three really cute girls from Florida performing for Donald Trump. And when they reached out to Donald Trump, they said, listen, we want to perform for you. And they said, listen, the only thing we really want is to pay our expenses. And Trump said, yeah, come on over here. And these folks, these little girls, these 8- to 12-year-olds, these three girls, they flew from Florida to Chicago, drove five hours to Iowa, went to a campaign, performed for Donald Trump, and guess what? Like hundreds of people before them and after them, he stiffed these girls. How do you stiff an 8-year-old girl? That's actual fact. 
And so the reality is that when you talk about waiters, bartenders, real estate brokers, a glass company, a carpet company, painters, this guy has sifted and ripped off more people than anybody I've ever met in my life. All right. If you're talking about integrity, Jeff Balaban, if you were running for president, if you, Jeff Balaban, running for president, I would not question your integrity individually because I've known you for two decades. But you can't defend Donald Trump because Donald Trump, on integrity and public remarks, is indefensible. Go ahead, Mr. Balaban. Uh, I got to say something. And, you know, don't talk to me about my integrity, David. You know, we agreed to uh, to try and be polite and civil and courteous. We've known each other for many years. In the course of the last answer, you directly accused me of being a liar and and being crazy or saying crazy things. Right. In fact, David, when you say that you've never heard of this or that or no one's ever accused Hillary, she's been sued for this. She, again, these are words you can't say on the radio. She's Give me one name. Precisely for, anti, for, for anti-Semitism, her anti-Semitism in treatment of like the people who? who work for her. Right? Look it up. She's been sued for it. This is Give not something which is a name, one-off. Jeff. You're an expert on Give me decades. one name. Okay, so, so I'm sorry. You know, you're, you're standing there. Maybe you're ill-informed. Maybe you don't know. I'm not going to call you a liar. I'm not going to call you crazy. You're in a very rough position. You're defending the indefensible. You're defending Hillary Clinton's personal morality, which is <laughs> there's no one in this country who thinks that Hillary Clinton's personal morality can be held up All right. for, uh, for, uh, for approval. City Councilman so, Greenfield. But, 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 but to call me a liar... I'd like you to retract that right now. City Councilman Look Greenfield. Line, you're just ill-informed. City Councilman Greenfield, final remarks on this issue. Go ahead. Jeff, I never called you a liar. I like you. I respect you. But you can't make an allegation that is that preposterous without giving an actual name. And you've yet to give me a name. And listen, I worked <laughs> in Democratic politics my entire life. You worked in Republican politics your entire life. I've never met anyone who made any allegation like that. You say you have. Give me a name, and we'll Google it. I've met many people. You can't give me a name. Uh, you can't take an allegation. It's a very Paul Frey, F-A-R-Y, I believe. Hang on. Look it up, actually, very quickly. All right. Um, this is the JM and the AM election forum. There are many issues of importance to our community, to say the least, and we are exploring some of them this morning with City Councilman Greenfield from New York, with Mr. Jeff Balaban, who has been working on the Republican side in the political arena for many, many years. And um, uh, we move on to the next question, and I believe this next question starts with City Councilman Greenfield. The question is... Um, it is no secret that President Obama has not had a warm relationship with the current Prime Minister of Israel. Is your candidate, the one you're supporting, someone who can establish a warm relationship with Israel's leadership? City Councilman yeah. Greenfield. Thank you very much for that question. You know, I, I absolutely agree with you. In fact, I personally, as a Democrat, have actually called out President Obama on his relationship with Israel, which, as Jeff will tell you, it's not easy to do when you're a member of the same party. The reality, however, is that when it comes to Hillary Clinton, it's actually different. Israelis, the leadership of Israel, trusts Hillary. That doesn't mean they always agree with her, but they trust her. They know they can work with her. In fact, you can watch a video that was posted online just yesterday by the National Jewish Democratic Committee, where just about every single major Israeli leader praises Hillary Clinton and the relationship that they have. The reality is you just have to look at Hillary's record, not listen to uh, different allegations, but just look at her actual record, and what you'll see is it's a very impressive record. For one, she said that one of the first things she's going to do when she becomes president is she's going to invite Bibi to the White House to meet with her in the first month. That's a very different tone that she's trying to set already before she's even elected with the prime minister. She's been a staunch supporter of 
Israel. I have to tell you, I was at the APAC conference, like so many of your listeners, just a few months ago. And if you recall, in fact, I was invited to speak at the conference. And if you recall, that one of the most important issues that they were lobbying on, and they asked their individual members to lobby members of Congress, was to make sure that their members of Congress would veto any, would encourage the president to veto any UN resolution that is one-sided or that forces Israel to negotiate with preconditions. And in fact, it took them literally six months to get a letter that was just released a few weeks ago where most senators agreed to that. Hillary Clinton got up and publicly said before anyone that she would absolutely veto any resolution in the United Nations that is one-sided against Israel. And there was thunderous applause because she has a long time history of defending Israel. In 2014, when many people were slamming Israel in the Hamas war against Israel, she was defending Israel. As a senator, she's always made sure to fund Israel's military edge and a secretary as state. She's spoken out against BDS in a very, very personal way. And the most important thing is, I think this is really the most significant test. Go ahead, David. Wrap it up, please. What do you do when it's politically expedient? She got massive criticism from the left wing of her party. And to Jeff's point, there are people on the left wing of the party who are anti-Israel. She said, I don't care. I'm going to continue to support Israel, and that's why Israelis trust her. All right, David, thank you for that. Um, Jeff Balaban, the question uh, is about the relationship that the person you're supporting can establish. Would it be a warm one with Israeli leadership? Well, I mean, seriously, I'm sorry, but talk about crazy and lies. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, the leadership, uh, the leadership in Israel trusts her. I saw the video that David posted by the National Jewish Democratic Council, a profoundly anti-Orthodox group, and a group that's profoundly anti-Israel as well. They put up left-wing politicians who have nice things to say about Hillary, and there's a quote from Bibi that they put up that doesn't in any way, shape, or form suggest she's friendly to Israel. It says that she's a tough fighter. Yeah, he knows that, because he's been on the other side of that. He's been on the side of being yelled and screamed at by her for an hour over the crime of allowing Jews to build helms in Jerusalem. She berated him, according to news reports, like he was a, like a schoolchild, and she was scolding and yelling at him. Warmth? You know, whether or not Obama's anti-Israel policies will survive his tenure depends exactly on who will succeed him. If Hillary Clinton is elected to serve as the president, there is no question that Obama's hostility will survive him. It's not a personality clash. It's a clash of worldviews. During her four years as Obama's secretary of state, Clinton was a full partner in Obama's hostile policies towards Israel. All of Clinton's close advisors are profoundly anti-Israel, disgustingly so, in fact. And not just anti-Israel, but we've seen how much anti-Semitism is coming out in the, in the emails that we're seeing now. Remember, Hillary Clinton had every opportunity to have a warm relationship with Israel's prime minister when she was secretary of state. Instead, she abused him about homes in Jerusalem. She surrounded himself with anti-Semites. And as Michael Oren, when you know, the Israeli ambassador wrote in his book, he tried over and over to meet with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State and he was ambassador, and she flat out refused to meet with him. She had her chance, she made her choices, and she continues to choose to poison the relationship between America and Israel. So now she needs to be elected, so she says nice things. We've seen this already. When she needed Jewish votes to be senator in New York, she went to her first Seder, she went to salute the Israel parades, she said all kinds of nice things. As soon as she went to the State Department, as soon as she got back to Washington, she was right back there putting unbearable pressure on Israel. At the end of the day, though, policy matters, not phony relationships, not APAC speeches, not fundraisers. What matters is policy. Here's the bottom line, the difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. According to Hillary Clinton, according to Barack Obama, according to the Democratic Party, Israel is an illegal occupier, and therefore they're the bad guys. Jerusalem is not a part of Israel. 
please, Clinton versus Zivotofsky, or Zivotofsky versus Clinton, that's the case where Jews tried to say that Jerusalem is part of Israel, and Hillary flat out fought against that. Right? So th- in terms of a warm relationship, Israel, Hillary is Israel's nightmare. Our, Not just in terms of personal relationship, but in terms of the U.N. as well. Our jam in the AM election forum continues. We have a commitment to try to get to closing statements by 8.40 Eastern time. We're trying to stick with that. We are on the Democratic side with New York City Councilman David Greenfield. We are on the Republican side with... Jeff Balaban, CEO of B2 Strategic, a national government relations and communications firm, and uh, he, Jeff himself, former U.S. Senate Commerce Committee counsel. And the next question, in fact, goes first to Jeff Balaban. Social issues and how they're handled in this country have always been paramount in the history of the Jewish electorate in the United States. Is your candidate someone who can work toward furthering a positive role of government in these issues? You know, it does not occur to anybody that social issues are Donald Trump's primary concern, and that's a good thing for us, because the government's become increasingly intrusive in trying to force us to conform to a certain worldview that's very hostile to our ability to exist as from Jews in this country. And it's not just, as I've already spoken about, the direct challenges to us in terms of our way of life, in terms of things like bris and shechita, in terms of teaching Torah. It's also challenges to the way we want to to the uh, culture in which we want to raise our families. Uh, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats have demonstrated they have no interest whatsoever in any lifestyle that differs from theirs, except maybe tolerance for radical Islam. You know that you'll notice that Hillary Clinton never talks about religious freedoms, except when it's about Muslims. When comes to the rest of us, for Jews and Christians, they just talk now about the right to worship. That's all they'll give us now. We have a right to doubt and we have a right to pray if we want to, and by the way, that's really just for the near term. That's not for the long term. But the notion that the Constitution protects our way of life and that, for example, if a shul wants to say, listen, you know, we, we do certain kinds of marriage on other kinds of marriage, they'll say that's illegal. We're going to shut you down. We're going to take away your, your uh, C3 status. These are not speculative issues. These are happening already around the country. In state legislators, there are moves to, to drop the religious exemption the, the, uh, that, that permits Jews and others to say, you know what, we have religious standards that may differ from yours, that may differ from the liberals, that may differ from the Democrats, okay. but we deserve to be protected because that's what the Constitution gives us. On, They're stripping it away from us, violating our most fundamental uh, beliefs. On social issues with City Councilman Greenfield. So I'm going to use my time to respond to the last point and then also to respond to this point because I think it's an important, two important points that have to be made. And that is, you know, Jeff spends a lot of time talking about the Republican Party. He doesn't spend a lot of time talking about Donald Trump. The reason is because Donald Trump's views actually do not reflect many of the views of the Republican Party. And so while Jeff, Jeff is, in fact, uh, correct that there are many in the Republican Party, of course, who support Israel, the reality is that Donald Trump, on the other hand, has said that if he becomes president, the United States will be neutral when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians. He then, in a Washington press conference, said that he may, in fact, cut off Israel's security funding. It is widely reported that many Palestinians are rooting for Trump to win because they say that being neutral is great. He won't be pro-Israel like Hillary. And I think that part of the challenge when you're dealing with Donald Trump on the social issues is really a similar situation, which is he's never spoken about social issues because the reality is he doesn't care about social issues. Donald Trump is an individual who publicly calls other people crazy and idiot, dumb and stupid, and says the most uh, offensive and discriminatory and racist and uh, sexist things against so many different people and different kinds. He doesn't actually care about these issues. So I appreciate that Jeff is giving his view, perhaps the Republican view, but the reality is that Donald Trump is not somebody who 
has ever indicated that he cares about these social issues. And it's simply, simply untrue to say, as Jeff has said, that somehow the Democrats are trying to take away your ability to learn Torah. Come on. Jeff knows that's not the case. And the reality is the Democrats David, have... David, David, let, let David finish. Please let David finish. Please let David finish. Please let David finish. Please, 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 please let David finish. Excuse me, David. No, 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 let's please let David finish. I don't say anything that I don't know to be true. Okay, David, go ahead. Finish up. I think it's important to recognize that Secretary Clinton has literally a lifetime, a record of standing up against discrimination against everyone, whether that's the Jewish community or whether that's other communities as well. And that's important, by the way. You do need to look at how someone deals with other communities. And for someone to get up like Donald Trump to say that every single Muslim in the world is bad or we're not going to let any Muslims in at all, Come on, you know you know the old you, you know the old poem, right? First they came for the Jews, and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew. It, it, the reality is that you have to respect every ethnicity, every community. Hillary Clinton respects everyone. Donald Trump has shown his contempt for different people. All right, um, final question. I'm going to choose a last question. We didn't get to everything I wanted to cover today, but I'll choose a last question. And of course, we'll have closing statements. Uh, the situation, and, and this might actually be the most appropriate last question for this audience, uh, and we begin with uh, New York City Councilman Greenfield. The situation in the Middle East is tenuous at best. Refugees, new regimes, intervention from other countries, terrorist groups, uh, all of these issues seem to be on every country's agenda. What qualifications does your candidate, who you're supporting, have to lead the USA in trying to normalize the situations in the Middle East, David. I didn't hear the question honestly because Jeff kept speaking in contravention to the agreed upon rules. Can you please re? Uh, I apologize. I didn't realize. I can't. I, when, when I'm doing this, I can't hear what's going on between the two of you. Uh, the situation in the Middle East is tenuous at best. Refugees, new regimes, and intervention from other countries and terrorist groups seem to be on every country's list of agenda. What qualifications does your candidate who you're supporting have to lead the USA in trying to normalize the situations in the Middle East, David? Thank you. You know, we can trust Hillary Clinton to handle a dangerous world. She understands the threats in the world. She has made it very clear that under President Hillary Clinton, her top priority is going to be to defeat ISIS on the battlefield by intensifying the air campaigns against ISIS fighters, by stepping up the support for local Arab and Kurdish forces, and pursuing a diplomatic strategy aimed at resolving Syria's civil war in Iraq's different, Iraq's different conflicts between the Sunnis and Shias. Now, Everything that I just said, if you ask Donald Trump, he has no idea what I'm talking about. Because Donald Trump, in fact, has repeatedly refused to divulge his plan to fight ISIS, and he said that Generals MacArthur and Pat would be rolling in their graves because he doesn't have a plan to defeat ISIS, and he doesn't even understand the difference between Sunnis and Shias and the importance of maintaining relationship with allies. And yes, we have allies in the Middle East that we need to work with. And that really is the most critical piece. Nobody believes, there is nobody who has foreign policy experience who believes that we can defeat terrorists and ISIS alone. We have to have relationships, including with our allies and friends in the Muslim world. We actually use bases in Muslim countries to defend the United States' interests and to go after terrorists. And we have agreements such as NATO that Donald Trump has said that he would not respect and potentially he might not even defend someone who's part of the NATO alliance. And so these are critical issues to think about. 
one candidate actually has a plan, has explained that plan, okay. and actually has a track record of aggressively fighting terrorism and ISIS, and another candidate says, I've got a secret plan, trust me. All right, Jeff Balaban on the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I mean, and, and <laughs> as David did, I'm going back to his previous statement. Of course he lies when he's describing Donald Trump's policies about Israel. David seizes on the one time that Donald Trump used the word neutral, but, but that flies in the face of his consistent policies of being supportive of Israel. He ignores the fact that his party and his candidate holds consistently to this day that Israel is illegally occupying its land, that Jerusalem is not part of Israel. And the most important qualification that, that Donald Trump has uh, in terms of the Middle East and the, and, and, and the situation there is that he isn't Hillary Clinton, and he isn't afraid to put America's safety and survival first. David wants us to trust Hillary Clinton to handle a dangerous world. That's laughable. Thanks to her, the world, and the Middle East specifically, has become infinitely more dangerous. Remember, she was Secretary of State. As Secretary of State, she embraced and supported the so-called Arab Spring that destroyed a decades-long stable peace with Egypt, led to the toppling of regime after regime, and creating the explosion of ISIS and the caliphate onto the region and now the world. That is a direct result of Hillary Clinton's abysmal misunderstanding of how to handle the Middle East. The refugees, the civil wars, the global reach of ISIS, terror from ISIS in our own country, all fall directly on her miserable performance and her inability to run the, to, to run the office of Secretary of State. Yes, I know many people think she just loves terrorist revolutionaries, probably does, but I don't think that's the major problem. She's just simply inept, and countless people are dying because of it. Christians are being enslaved, raped, mutilated, beheaded, crucified, civil war in Syria, collapse of Iraq as a state, slaughter of Americans in Benghazi. Hillary bears the direct responsibility for all of those policies. All right, we will go to closing statements. Um, you're listening to the JM and the AM, Nahum Siegel Network Election Forum, for uh, in reference to this coming Tuesday's presidential election. Uh, I, I, am, I am begging at this point uh, both of our participants, and uh, uh, there are a lot of people we could have invited to do this. We invited uh, uh, Jeff Balaban and David Greenfield, and we were right. We invited them because we felt they'd be best at this, and we were right. Uh, phenomenal presentations, uh, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, for our community. But the most important thing, and this is where I am begging both of our guests to please join me in doing this during their closing statements at some point. Uh, the most important thing is so many people in our community and so many people across this country, uh, Jew and Gentile, have expressed a lack of enthusiasm to go to the polls this coming Tuesday. And uh, we have two people with us on the line who can explain from their perspectives why it is vital and why everybody in this audience should, who's eligible to vote should, in fact, heed their words and at the minimum go and vote this coming Tuesday. For closing statements representing their side, and hopefully with that message as well, we'll start with Jeff Balaban. Thanks. Look, <clears throat> David's in a very tough position. He's trying to defend the indefensible. Hillary Clinton has proven herself to be an enemy to the Jewish state. Hillary Clinton still to this day says, and by the way, so does David's party, that Israel is an illegal occupier. She fights, she goes to the Supreme Court, and she continues to fight to the fact that Jerusalem is not part of the state of Israel. In fact, the Democrats just now, the White House, when they went to uh, Perez's funeral, and uh, they, by mistake, somebody put out a press release that was, said it was Jerusalem, Israel. They scrubbed the word Israel, because according to Hillary and the Democrats, Israel does, is, is not a legitimate country. Israel is an illegal occupier, and that's the basis for the BDS anti-Semitism that's, that's cloaking this country. The world has gotten much, much worse for Israel under, in the Obama years. Hillary Clinton has been a direct part of that and one of the biggest parts of that possible. 
it's not just Israel. Uh, it's also what's going on in this country as well. From social issues to our own religious liberties, they're all under attack. Hillary Clinton's judges, I mean, if you took a look at the Democratic Convention, you saw it. More Palestinian flags at the Democratic Convention than American flags. Israeli flags being burned outside. The Democratic Party simply has no room for any Jews other than the ones that go their way and parrot their words. And unfortunately, we heard some of that this morning. Okay, Jeff. Getting out the vote, it's very important that we vote. Right now, in Israel... Uh, the Jews, uh, the American Jews who voted, have voted. Uh, the from Jews, 85% voted for Donald Trump, as opposed to Hillary Clinton. We expect to see that here as well in America. Something approaching 85% or more who understand that Hillary Clinton talks a good game. She puts out surrogates who know exactly what to say when she wants to be elected. But we've seen what she does when she's in office. They believe we're occupiers. They believe it's illegal. They believe Iran should have nuclear weapons, and they've fought that every step of the way. We have to vote against them. Get out and vote literally to save your lives. Okay, and uh, a closing statement uh, for this morning's JM and the AM Nahum Single Network Election Forum from New York City Councilman David Greenfield. Nahum, first, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to come on your fantastic radio show. You know, the first thing I want to speak about before I respond to some of Jeff's remarks is you're absolutely right, and I think if there's one issue that Jeff Balamon and I are going to agree on today, it's this issue, which is I don't care who you vote for, and I want to repeat that, right? I certainly have a preferred candidate, and I think Hillary is the better candidate, but I don't care who you vote for. The most important thing for me as an American Jew who's involved in public life is that you go out and vote. And if you don't want to vote for either candidate, you want to vote for Mickey Mouse, that's fine by me, too. And I'll tell you why. Because literally, as an elected official, I can tell you that the consultants and the pollsters and the elected officials and the policymakers, they figure out down to the block who votes. If you live in Teaneck or Baltimore or Rockland or in the five towns, we know exactly who's voting and who's not. And by the way, I know this is scary to folks, but it's also true. We know individually if people are voting or not, and we track that, and that is what empowers the community. So if you don't listen to anything I say today, and the only thing you listen to me on is going out and voting, fabulous, thank you, we're all good. But if you still have got some space left there, let's talk about the most critical issue, which is a vitally important election, an election that, as Jeff has rightfully said, can determine the future. However, I disagree strongly with Jeff about what that future will look like. The reality is that when Hillary Clinton was tested, most recently at the Democratic National Convention, and Jeff said that there were flags burning outside. It's true, there were. I was there, but that's the point. The flags were burning outside because the anti-Israel groups couldn't get inside the convention. And so the reality is that when there was an attempt by left-wing members of the Democratic Party to try to hijack the party's platform on Israel, it was Hillary Clinton who stood up and said, I support Israel, and that's not going to go into our platform. The reality also is that when Hillary Clinton's own church, this is a very big deal, when her own church supported a BDS anti-BDS resolution that was anti-Israel, I want you to think about this. Imagine your own shul does something that you disagree with. You might be like, I don't know if I'm going to say anything. She literally stood up, wrote a letter, and said, I am going to fight BDS. You are wrong. And she called the most important Jewish leaders and said, what can I do to help? That is so, so vital. And the final point, and I think this is really the crux of my point and the crux of my argument why I think Donald Trump cannot be president of the United States. And that is that, you know what, BDS is bad, and BDS is anti-Semitic. But you know what's worse than BDS? Actual anti-Semites. There's a reason why David Duke and the Ku Klux 
Klan have endorsed Donald Trump. The CEO of Donald Trump's campaign has actually been accused by a real live person, his wife, of anti-Semitic remarks, and he doesn't even deny it. Donald Trump surrounds himself with some of the worst haters, not of Israel, but of Jews here in America, and that should scare the hell out of you. It certainly scares me. I'm proud to support Hillary Clinton. She'll be a great president. She will continue to support Israel. And there's a reason why major leaders from across the spectrum in the Jewish community are saying we support Hillary Clinton because they trust her to keep that relationship with Israel and to keep that relationship with the Jewish community. I thank both of you. Uh, Jeff Balaban representing the Republican side, uh, very passionate and making a case for Donald Trump. David Greenfield, representing the Democratic side, very passionate and making a case for Hillary Clinton. I pray that this session has increased the passion of the potential voters in this audience. Because again, as everybody in this forum agrees, the most important thing is that we make sure that everybody in our community gets out there on Tuesday and votes. Let's not fall victim to the apathy that seems to be uh, pervasive in the United States of America in advance of Tuesday's election. Jeff, David, I thank you both very, very much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm actually going to add one note. No, 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 that's it. Do research. That's it. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both. (laughs) We've had a great session together, and everyone had an opportunity to express their point of view, and I thank both of you very, very much. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock. More coming up on a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.